0: This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin and today we are going to be hearing from one of our recent Facebook Live events – Uh, It was all about how to help teenagers or preteens who are seeming disengaged or disinterested at the moment. It's been a really tricky time in all sorts of ways for us and um, I think that's something that many parents are experiencing. So we just wanted to dig a little bit deeper and say hey what does it look like for this age group and how might we be able to come alongside them and encourage them. So as I say this is part of a series of Facebook live events. We meet on Uh, the 10th Monday of every month, so whichever Monday falls between the 13th and the 19th, hopefully that's memorable if you have teenagers, anyway, um, at nine o'clock if you've got preteens or teens, um, and Rachel just brings something topical and relevant and then we answer your questions. So this is what it was last month and we would love you to uh, dig deeper, we also have on our website the full video if you want to watch that and notes, so feel free to do that. Uh, But coming up this month on Monday the 13th of July we have a session all about how to help your teens engage with an online festival. So do join us nine o'clock Monday the 13th of July if you'd like to be part of that or to find out where we're going to be at United Breaks Out uh, go to parentingforfaith.org forward slash UBO. Hope you find this helpful
1: hello and welcome to the facebook live bedtime drinks with rachel i have my drink i hope you have yours isn't it amazing it's still light outside (laughs) i do this every year i'm like amazed at how light it is outside and most of my conversation with my family at nighttime is like whoa it's so bright outside i know we've become those people Welcome to Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. Hi Mandy. Uh, It's so good uh, to see you all and uh, well I don't see you all. I see you in my mind and I like seeing your little names pop up because it makes me feel like we're together. Uh, I hope uh, lockdown is treating you well. Uh, I didn't go shopping today. I was too scared to go shopping today. Not like scared fearful but just like I thought I'd be overwhelmed by a tidal wave of people trying to get into Betty's. I live in Harrogate so Betty's is our local wonderfulness uh so uh today we are talking about disengaged and disinterested young people uh and so i am welcome you here um i'm i'm hoping well not hoping i am wondering if uh, one of the reasons why you're here is because um You may have uh, children or young people who you feel are disinterested or disengaged, and I really want to help you find the next step. And so um, as I uh, share a bit about um, what may be helpful, I'd love uh, for you to share your wisdom and your experience with each other, uh, to write down any concerns or questions you may have that brought you here that I can help with, uh, or at least give an answer, (laughs) my answer to, that you may disagree with. Uh, but, um, really let's just be community for the next half hour and see. So, um, I'll share a little bit about my thoughts. Um, and as I do that, please feel free to type your questions and concerns and scenarios and situations and your wisdom for each other. And then I'll pray for us and then I'll answer any and all, um, comments that, uh, you have that I can help with, uh, and we can just sort of be together for that. Uh, so let's jump right in. Um, I have, as you may know, I have served um, within churches as a youth pastor, as a children's pastor, as a family life pastor. And um, and in all of those situations, youth quite have my heart. I love youth. Uh, some of the youth that I started out with, you know, when I was a young youth pastor are now, you know, 30 something and have babies and uh, and I have loved walking life with them from when they were fourteen to you know when they're now and and it is it is a privilege to have teenagers in your life they are they are many things uh, but they are also these wonderful little people that we have known since they were small who are walking through real difficult emotional brain waves and trying to figure it out and parenting teenagers is uh, is a a warrior's job. Uh, and in terms of your heart and in your mind and your strength and everything and uh, I just want to say you're doing great and uh, just being there is so significant. Um, I know I say it every time but just I just want to remind you how powerful you are in the life of your kids particularly in this lockdown. Um, I also wanted to encourage you that if you are um, struggling not struggling If you want to know more about youth and faith in lockdown, uh, I think we just released, Anna will tell me if I'm lying, uh, released a podcast um, that interviews uh, somebody who specializes in youth uh, and is adding some wisdom into that whole uh, thing. So if you want to look at the podcast, Anna will send you a link to the podcast. We have a whole segment on that uh, that's coming out here. So just for you teen people, if you want more, uh, there it is. It's not me. It's someone called Mike Palin, who's been a specialist in youth for over 20 years. So wiser and smarter. Uh, for this one, I just wanted to add some beginning thoughts in. The, f- the first one is that um, when we talk about our kids being disinterested or disengaged, uh, it can feel
0: huge
1: and overwhelming because sometimes it hits us like a wall. We just hit, we just run into this uh, face attitude behavior that feels like their disinterest or their disengagement is uh, systemic or overwhelming or you know across everything, and it can um, can cause us quite uh, despair and worry and it can sit on us quite heavily because it's sort of the opposite of, of what our heart is for our for our children and um, And I find it really helpful when we're talking about this topic that we just take a moment, and often we just haven't had this moment, but we take a moment to ask ourselves the question, what are they actually disinterested or disengaged with? Because when we try to look at just the totality of it, it's hard to find your next step. It's hard to find the chink in the wall, the the place where you can get the wedge in to help them. But actually, that usually isn't the reality. The reality isn't they are systemically and totalitarily total totally. Totally. That's the word I'm looking for. Sorry. Uh totally blocked off what often it is is there's a there's a thing there's a crux that they're wrestling with and if we can identify that then we can help them take the next step in that and that begins to open it up so um just to highlight that i just want to say like some some of our kids are are struggling with actually the concept of god the connection with god that face-to-face who God is and who he is in my life and how do I connect with him and do I want to connect with him and what do I think about him? All of that stuff. Sometimes it is that God connection. So we're busy thinking they hate church when actually they're having these big inner wrestlings of does God like me and and I'm not sure I like me and I don't know if God likes me. And if he doesn't, is he wanting to judge me all the time? And if they're wrestling over here with that, then that's an actual unwinding problem. That's a that's a helping kids see God better and understanding what life with him is like question. Where some of our kids are really struggling with church and they are disinterested and disengaged with our online church, our lack of church, our the, the falseness of church trying to connect through the internet or watch something that's happening and then have to sing even though people can't hear us and they analyze and analyze and analyze until they're like, this whole thing is pointless. And so sometimes it's the it's the church and the corporate that they're struggling with. They seem okay with God. It's actually the church they're struggling with. And so when we see the wall of they don't like it, what we're actually getting is I don't know how to engage with online church. And that's actually the next step some of our kids are struggling with this family faith concept particularly in lockdown we're all at home we're all trying to do things your faith is in my face my faith is in your face sometimes you want to do things together and that's annoying and sometimes this sort of like who are we together thing and not feeling like you have something private to sometimes they struggle with sometimes they're just struggling with the situation of trying to go on their own journey when they're surrounded by so many people and um Others sometimes are just struggling with monotony and groundhog dayness of it, and so they're like, there's nothing happening in my life, therefore I, I don't need, you know, you need God when your friend's being mad at you, or, you know, you have a test or something, you know, when life looks like something, and some of our young people are just like, every day's the same, there's nothing that requires God, so I've sort of just... Shrunk in on myself, and sometimes that's it—to to see that it's the monotony that needs to be broken. It's the thing that's going on, and there's more things that are in there. But but I'd suggest that if your kid is reaching this disengaged, disinterested thing, hey, you take a moment, talk it through with a friend, talk it through with a partner. Just think, what is the actual crux that's going on? As a young person, they can actually help you with that. You can say, "I'm noticing you're feeling disengaged with this whole thing." You know, tell me more about that. I want I want to understand because I've been in that position and, you know, lots of people have been in that position. And I'd, I'd love to hear about, you know, what are you feeling about church? What are you feeling about God in this season? And to ask them questions. Um, sometimes you can notice things like what do they complain about most is usually really helpful uh, in just sort of narrowing it in. If you're just really not sure, what do they complain about most? What do they struggle with? When do they shut down? Um Sometimes it's it, Sometimes you can pry it open by saying, you know, sometimes I've felt totally um, like a stranger at church in my life. I've done that. I've just felt so lonely, even though I'm around people. And it just feels like it's totally irrelevant. Have you ever, have you ever felt that? And they can say, no, that's not what I'm feeling. And you're like, okay, well, just checking because that's okay if you ever do feel that. Uh, And you can just, sometimes you just need to speculate uh, like that, not like I think you're feeling this, but to say this, I have felt this. Have you ever felt that? Or I've noticed that when church happens, you just really sort of close up. Is that because you're feeling embarrassed or is that because you're feeling bored or sad and then they can say none of those things or one of those things or it's not any of that and you can have a conversation so sometimes it's about inviting them into that because once you know you can problem solve remember parenting for faith is just what is the next step for my kid and how can i help them take it and so it's about finding that next step another thing that can be really helpful with kids who are disinterested or disengaged is to be proactive to um normalize um to normalize this sort of sense of, there will be times in life where you will struggle. There will be times in life where you will question where God is. There will be times in life where church is not doing it for you. Trust me, I can name like seven of them in my life. Uh, and each time it was different and hard. And you know, you may be in one of those seasons. And I remember that. And I remember how exhausting it was. And I remember how disheartening it was. And I remember how isolating it was. And I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm here for this. But you can also not only normalize it so that they don't go, oh no, I'm questioning my faith. I'm walking away. Um, just because I have a doubt means I'm not a Christian anymore. Uh, you know, Sometimes they take this one moment and think nobody else around me ever struggles. Uh, that must mean I am a terrible person. I'm walking away. It all doesn't mean anything. And so when you normalize that this is just part of the journey and it's a not very nice part of the journey, but uh, sometimes it is, and I'm here to help uh, if you want it. It can be really helpful to them to know that this is something to wade through, uh, not something to discount from. Uh, But it also means that you can provoke something. And teenagers are really interesting uh, because they like being provocative (laughs) and they like being provoked. And that's one of the fun bits of teenagers is they like debating, they like being provoked. And uh, it can be really helpful to do that. So you have these great provoking experiences that are happening. And you don't have to know the answers to it, but you wade in there with it. This whole Black Lives Matter movement that's happening and the issues of race and systemic, that's so interesting. And who is God in that? And who should the church be in that? And what do you think about our church in that? I mean, crack that open. Let it... Let it be really interesting to ask them about their friends and their experiences and and how they've wondered where God is in it. You know, there, there is so much in there to crack open and say, you know, this is incredibly relevant to God. Uh, if your kid feels like, like you know, church pointless, there's this book called Jesus Freaks that is really old. well. Well really old, like decades old, Uh, but it's all about martyrdom and people who, who were willing to stand up for their faith to the point of martyrdom, modern and in the past. And to leave it out and say you're reading it and talk about whether or not you ever think that you could... Do that, and why? And why would people do that? is fascinating. I remember really getting into uh, sort of missionary stories, and uh, Elizabeth Elliot, whose husband died, was murdered by um, a tribe that he was going to minister to, and then she went back to that tribe to continue to minister and raised her daughter there. And the godfather of her child was the one who killed her husband. I was just like. As a teenager, I was like, I don't understand how you could love God that much and forgive that much. And it was fascinating, uh, that stuff. There's so many interesting things for their hearts to wrestle with, ethical dilemmas that you're experiencing, that other people experience, Um, biblical questions. uh, If they're readers, you know, reading Krish God is Stranger uh, together or putting it out there, he he just, you know, questions a whole bunch of stuff and finds God in the strangeness of who God is. If God is becoming, you know, too comfortable and buddy-buddy for him to say, God is this God who accompanies you, but is also really different from us. Um, You can also whip out, always very fun, if you want to get going on this stuff, is whip out your stories, the stories you deliberately haven't been telling up until this point. You know those stories, uh, because those sometimes provoke something in our kids to say, you know, Times I made big mistakes that I regret uh things that really shaped who I was um sometimes those stories are provoking and brings that aspect of the relevant um purposeful, interesting God um in and so be provocative, you know first of all, figure out find assessments of where it is and what their next step is and and follow that next step, but also feel free if you just feel like they're just numb to provoke, get in there. Um, And the third thing I just want to say is um, is there is a, a sense of purpose that sometimes is being missed out, um, missed out of our kids when they feel like their sense of purpose is gone, both God's purpose and their purpose. because what happens is there's in Scripture we find over and over and over again, uh, the faith, Journey of all of our heroes has this thing identity, relationship, and purpose. And they're this triangle. They know who they are in God. They know how to have a relationship with God. They know what their purpose on earth is, what God's purpose is on earth is. And if you're finding your kids being disengaged or disinterested, sometimes it's because they feel powerless and they feel like God is purposeless. And if you're finding that sense that's going on, then it's really helpful to push into purpose and if you want to really dive into that of how to help our kids find their calling and figure out what their their god is asking them to do to change lives and to transform community and to and to significantly do miracles of what previously wasn't possible in people's lives and in society as a whole, God is incredibly active and purposeful. And if they're missing that out, they are missing a significant chunk of God and a significant chunk of who they have been made to be. Of course they're feeling that. And so um, if you know, there's a book called Parenting Children for Life of Purpose uh, and that has been folded into Parenting Children for Life of Faith. It's now an omnibus version. Um, and Anna will do a link for that and there's a whole book basically on how to help our kids uh, find their purpose in life and live that purpose and if you're just feeling like their disinterest is about actually powerlessness and helplessness uh, in the face of of society then you may just want to push into that power Um. so assess find their next step be provocative Uh, yes uh, oh, provocative books that I've mentioned. Um, I have Jesus Freaks is about martyrdom. And uh, God is stranger, um, as in like, God is stranger than you think. Uh, God is stranger is Krish Kandaya. And the book um, that was written in the 50s, but the one that really, the missionary book that I really loved is Through the Gates of Splendor uh, by Elizabeth Elliot. Um, she's the wife who did that. Amazing. Um, but there's loads out there, and you can put on Facebook. Anybody have the best, you know, martyr stories out there, they'll be everyone will pile in. Uh, that'll be good. So let me pray for you. And then it looks like we have some great comments and questions coming in that I'd love to uh, get to in this season. So let me pray. God, I love teenagers, I love that we as parents get to see. Uh, who you're shaping them to be and what they care about and as they make big mistakes and as they learn and as they grow uh, it is such a privilege to walk alongside of them and to worry about them and pray for them and intercede over them and I thank you that you have given uh, them us. I thank you that they have parents uh, and carers and guardians who love them, who want to see them connect with God. I thank you for placing us in their lives and I pray for every parent and foster carer and uh, grandparent and anyone who's involved in the lives of teenagers that are listening to this. God, I pray for a special grace and favor for them in the eyes of their young people, that uh, their young people's hearts would turn towards them and that their hearts return towards their young people, that they may be really a connection of hearts as they walk alongside together. Pray you would fill these adults with creativity and knowledge, um, that they may see their young people well and help them take their next step. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Right, a comment from Nicola. I'm loving navigating around the Parenting for Faith website at the moment. Ah! Uh, such a wealth of helpful information. I've just uh, changed jobs to work as a families worker at a church. Welcome. I didn't get a chance to meet many of the families pre-lockdown, so it's all feeling very bizarre trying to work out what the next steps might be for the activity, either online or once restrictions are eased. Yeah, that's really, that's really hard to know. Uh, And as families, it can be really hard to know how to engage with that. And so I just encourage not only you to keep going, but I also want to uh, encourage uh, families, particularly families of teenagers, church workers and people who serve the church really want to know what you think and really want to know what is helpful. And do not be afraid to ask or to call up your youth pastors or your family's pastors and say, you know what would be really helpful? This, because um, we are all talking to each other and trying to figure out how to help. And we want you to stand up and say, ding, 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 I need attention. That's what we're here for. So grab on to those people. It's, it's really, really important. Um, talk to them. And uh, Nicola, plug into us because we want to encourage you and walk alongside you. And so if you ha- aren't coming along to our, we have a lunchtime webinar this week and we have a whole community of people who talk and resource, so Anna will give you those things to connect. Um, some Kendra, our kids have lost interest in online church at the moment. Bible stories just can't compete with star Wars, which seems so much more exciting to my son. I'm going to say star Wars is generally more exciting. (laughs) It is more exciting. Uh, and that's okay. I think sometimes we feel like we have to compete with these amazing things that are on And online church will never be as exciting as star Wars. And that's okay because they're for two different purposes. Star Wars is a story to, um, Occupy our minds and spark imagination. That's what stories are for. And they're amazing and fantastic. Bible stories show us something of a real God who can actually change the world and can heal things in our hearts and our minds and can guide us and tell us the next step and knows the future. Those are two totally separate things. And so one can be more entertaining than the other, but they're for totally different purposes. And so it's okay. I... Want to be honest? A lot of us find online church boring too. We just don't say it, (laughs) and so it's okay to say it. It's okay to say, "Yep, I find it boring too." But the reason I do it is because it it gives me this moment to just breathe and connect with the God who knew me before I was born and will know me after I die. And I just need that. And then we can watch Star Wars. Uh, And to to let that be okay uh, is a really significant thing. it's hard to stay interested in online church and particularly for kids' brains and often it triggers their loneliness and stuff. Uh, and so there's there's that there. Um, another comment, my foster daughter struggled with knowing if God loved her and when I dug deeper I realized it was because she struggled to love herself. Excellent digging. Um, She asked, if God loves me, why did he make me so that I get angry with people when people frustrate me, referring to her brother? So we had a conversation about being angry isn't a sin, and that is how we handle that anger that matters. And I reminded her the times when she had handled her anger well and not lashed out. Also that God didn't make her angry, but that some of her experience in this broken world have made her that way. This really helped her understand a bit better. I just want to say... Wow, well done. I loved what you did there because you sat with her and you validated her and you asked her questions and you dug deep with her and you saw her need and that is that is some excellent stuff and what i what I love about that is that it didn't it didn't mean that it all ticked the box and it all got better, but you walked a significant heart journey with her, and that just sounds amazing that is so great uh. God, I pray just for Mandy that you would, uh, continue to bless her and give her those continuing moments. I pray that you would help her heart tune in. And, uh, I thank you for that relationship and I pray that you would bless it and grow it in Jesus name. Amen. Sorry. There's a little surprise prayer there. Uh, another one. Uh, I wonder if you have any thoughts on how we can encourage our teens to engage with faith when they don't necessarily engage with their peers. So don't access youth groups, et cetera, which might be the obvious route for many teens to find a faith community where they belong. Um, great question. Uh, I want to do a personal testimony, do, 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 do. I went to a church that didn't have a youth group that I engaged with, and I liked it. Uh, sometimes we, I think, sometimes we overemphasize the peer group significance. Um, that doesn't mean it's not significant, that doesn't mean it's not important, but not every kid Um finds that their prime thing. They have done so much research, um, academics and uh, well, practitioners have done so much research about uh, the significance of outside relationships to the thing. So parents are the primary carers. your, the family home is is your main influence. And as teenagers become older, um, a significant rise of outside influence becomes important. There is a peer group that is important, um, but what is also incredibly significant is, other adults that are older than them, and children who are younger than them. Because what happens is that fullness, richness comes. And so having somebody else who's not you, who thinks they're amazing and sees them, gives them a place to talk and says, hey, come along on my adventures, and wants to read a book with them and calls them up for advice. To have someone who's 10 years older than you, 20 years older than you, who admires you and respects you is so significant to teenagers. Uh, It is really where they they find their place. They're aspiring to be an adult. So to have not just teenagers in their lives, Looking at them, but to have an older generation who says, "You, I like you, you have some really important stuff in your life that I need in my life, come alongside me is so significant so um in a church, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's where the prime their peer group is is their prime power. It could be that the older people are their prime power um the in a lot of anthropologically a lot of villages most kids need five significant adults outside of their immediate family. Um, involved in their lives to to have that sort of healthy development. So yeah, l- letting them join teams and inviting people to have, you know, take your kid out to hot chocolate or, you know, to go on a man weekend adventure or, you know, to, to come alongside when they're ministering someplace is, is really significant, both in lockdown and post lockdown. There are so many relationships that can develop now, particularly with everyone home to just have someone come around and socially distance, chat in the back garden with your kid or play video games with them is so significant, that older age group, but also that younger age group. Uh, Teenagers need to be admired and respected and to have younger kids who look up to them uh, is really significant as well. And so I I wouldn't worry too much if the peer group isn't what they're seeking, isn't what they're looking for. Um, There are these two age groups of them having wisdom to share with younger kids. Um, If they like younger kids, you know, talk to, have them say, why don't you join one of the young kids' teams? There's a bunch of lonely ten-year-olds out there, or lonely five-year-olds out there who could really use someone, you know, to be their Zoom buddy or to go visit or to participate. You are needed, and have your children's minister, or your senior leader, have someone hunt them down and ask, because it's that it's that outside connection uh, is is really important. And if they really are seeking those youth things, then they can now. Um, sorry, yes, I'm sorry, yes. Um, yes, help them find a faith community that they belong to that may be multi-generational. That's it. Uh, Another one, Zoom is hideous ordeal for self-conscious teens. Yes. Uh, I have several in my group who can't cope with that format and have dropped out of the youth sessions. Any tips for keeping connected with them? Our policy is only to use social media communication with parents, not the kids. Um, yes, I would suggest, um... That, okay, let me think. I would suggest that maybe we are beginning to do this social distance thing that actually visits are really significant for young people. Most of my work with youth, it's that face-to-face time because that's where you can goof around and be weird and do stuff. And so I would suggest rather than trying to just keep doing that, because Zoom is not only makes kids self-conscious, but it also places prime connection on talking. And not everyone feels really confident that they can communicate well in this little screen, trying to follow everybody, figure out what you wanna say, think about what you wanna say, jump at the right time. It can be very anx- anxious to do that. And so some kids, the ones who tend to drop out are the ones who flourish more in small, small communities. So take yourself on a walk to everybody. And bring a game that you can play, or you know, card games work far away. Uh, you can you can come up with something that would that would work. That if they want a game, you could use a game, or you could just swing by with a big bar of chocolate and sit and be like, "How is it going?" and "What is it?" and just sit out in the front front garden or the back garden, and um, you know, you're fully supervised. It's totally accountable. Um, parents love the fact that you are involved and you can arrange it with them. But there's something about um, Reaching out, letting them know that they're seen and loved—not just that you want them to connect in with what you're already doing, but adding that repersonal reach out that says, "Not everybody flourishes that way." I find it exhausting, uh, and you may too. But what I really miss is like sitting and just having a chat. So I just wanted to swing by and have a chat. Uh, so I would suggest um, that you don't worry about social media and communication, but start—you know—saying to parents, "We'd love to." St- to make sure that every kid feels known and loved. And we'd love to come see them once every week, once every two weeks, um, if they're up for it and you're up for it and figure out a way to do that. But I, I would suggest with the current easing that this is, this is our opportunity to grab the ones that have been floating and say, you matter to me. Uh, yeah, that would be my next step, I think. Because um, for some kids, it's not about frequency, it's about depth. And then from that, you know, I know some youth pastors who once you establish that, then you know that they love board games. So then you become the board game supplier or other kids are like, I need books. I haven't been able to be the library in ages. And you're like, OK, here's 15 books you can read. And all of a sudden you are now then the buddy who's helping. So figure out that. Um, yeah. To don't engage with, the kid, with family church. So. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Response from Rachel talking about the teens don't engage with youth group, and that they're struggling with family church too. So neither youth or church is working for a child. Yes, I think I think with that, if your kid is struggling with. All the gathered church, you know, if it's like the family church stuff isn't working, the youth group stuff isn't working, then what you have is a is a format problem, not necessarily a relationship problem. So it could be that your kid just is struggling with, in general, the whole weirdness of this. And so therefore, it could be about f- facilitating those relationships rather than facilitating more gathered stuff. It could be that your kid's never going to like Online gathered stuff. That's okay, but you can say that's not okay to just disengage from our friends and family. So how do we do that? How do we invite round different families to sit in our back garden and do s'mores? How do we um, say yeah, go on a bike ride with that family who's going out? How do we facilitate multi-generational or peer connections in a way that isn't about the format? Once 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 you once you can figure out is it just the format? Um, then you can begin to problem-solve the relationships. And I I think that can sometimes be helpful. Um, Right, I think we're at the time. Um, Let us know if there's more conversations to be had. You know, Rachel, if if that didn't help, then we're always willing to continue offline these conversations. Um, But you guys are doing great. And you can do this. And God will continue to show you what the next step is. But just ask yourself, what's the next step for my kid? And how can I help them take it? And... um, it's it's going to be okay because God is on it and he is hunting your kids down and pouring his love on them when they sleep. And uh, you are not alone in this journey of helping your kids connect with God. He's on it too. So bless you guys. Uh, we'll do this again next month. Uh, and if in between you need help, you need encouragement, you need someone to just tell you you're doing great or to uh, come alongside you if you're trying to problem solve the next step and need someone to talk to uh, or have some ideas, we're here to help. But in the meantime, have a great night.